How far do I sit away from this thing? Get a little closer. A little closer than that. Welcome to the show. This is my show. Thanks for tuning in. Here it comes again. Hello, hello, everybody. I have Micah Malone in the studio today. What's up, man? I enjoy the intro track. <laughs> I was cracking up last time when I listened to that, when I was listening to one with you and Will on there. Yeah. And uh, that sounded like a good time. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, we talked a little bit about your daughter. I was just going to ask how the family was in general. Oh, family's good, dude. Um, daughter's almost 16 years old. Yeah. And running a running a fucking muck at high school and uh being a being a complete asshole and a darling at the same time at home right that's what's going on yeah love her to death everything's good she's a good kid man and then uh danielle you know how she is she's laying it down at the house and everything's cool man i can't complain about nothing yeah i just think of uh James Hetfield, nothing else matters with this thing in front yeah. of my face. Yeah, getting a little closer. Like, I remember seeing that video. Was it that? And they're all the in the stash. studio. Yeah, he's in there. And it's got like that tennis racket looking thing in front of his yeah. face. Are you guys staying in town for Christmas? Or you no, out? man, we're heading out to Detroit. Nice. Uh, I'll be going out there Saturday morning, and we'll be there till New Year's Eve and heading home, and then going to have a super mellow New Year's Eve as usual at my house. Awesome. I'm not much for uh, hitting the road on New Year's Eve. No, dude. no, no, no. Do you actually, do you stay up and, and um, uh, ring it in? Yeah, in a in a small fashion. Usually, it's just me and Danielle and Devin, and we might have some sparkling wine or something. But yeah. it's really no big deal. Nothing crazy. Um, nothing too crazy. I think the last time we went out on a New Year's Eve, we were in Detroit, and we did the whole, you know, they drop the ball, whatever. You get a kiss. And on our way home, it's probably three, four in the morning. We're coming down Southfield Freeway, and we come to a wreck right in the middle of the road. There's no car. Somebody had obviously like fallen asleep, drunk in their car in the yeah. middle of the freeway, you know. And somebody came up behind them and plowed into. Uh. Um, that was the last time that I went out on a New Year's. Yeah, I yeah, said yeah. no thanks. I don't need none of that. No man, I can party at home. I'm entertaining enough. Yeah. I mean the yeah the roads are dangerous enough as it is on a normal day. Yeah, you know? and then you get a Michigan road in the middle of the winter, New Year's Eve, everybody's partying. Yeah, and uh, if anybody knows anything already about a Michigan road, they're brutal. There's so many potholes and cracks and humps and bumps. It's a tough navigation already, and then you add a little alcohol and snow and ice, and that's that's yeah, death, yeah. dude. So no, we stay in. And uh, keep it pretty mellow for most holidays. Really, we're yeah. not we're not big celebrators on all of that. We just uh, I think we tore it up enough as young kids. So now, <laughs> right now we're just chilling. You know, holidays are just another day than just happy to be together most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good family time. Yeah, man. Not so much party time, which is good either way. I mean, family and party can can get kind of crazy. Yeah, then it gets <laughs> even weirder, right? <laughs> You get to experience the real you, yeah. the real them. Yeah, see, some people are like two beer truths and other people are 12-pack <laughs> truths, but either way it's going to come out, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
I tend to uh, stay away from it as much as possible, but I'd be lying if I say I wasn't entertained. <laughs> you know? Yeah, of course. All right, let's get into this. Uh, so what is your age and what do you currently do for a living? Cool. Um, I'm 37 years old, going on 38. Um, and I have, I have two jobs, so to speak. Uh, I have one job that definitely fills my pockets. I'm a tattoo artist. I've been a tattoo artist. Um, I started tattooing in 2002. And I, I like to think that I started tattooing well, like two weeks ago, you know, <laughs> right. so it's a, it's a constant growth and that's what, uh, that's what pays my bills. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, I work with a badass crew of people out in Arlington. Uh, we're at depiction tattoo. I'm fortunate enough to work with like a lifelong friend, his brother. I mean, everybody I get along with there. Um, it's a pretty tight knit thing. I've been there for about six and a half years, which is the longest I've been at any single tattoo shop. Uh, it's a good environment. I can't complain about anything. Mm-hmm. And then, number two, it doesn't really fill my pockets, but uh, it fills my soul a lot. Um, I train Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I'm a black belt under Juan Tatum. I've been training for a little over 15 years total now. Uh, and also teach Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I get the pleasure of uh, teaching kids, teenagers, adults, um, anybody that wants to learn right um that uh that became a big passion of mine the first time i ever got on the mat it was that's what i hear about it it was undeniable really and um i try to tell as many people as i can about it and um the things that it's done for my life overall Mm -hmm. just mentality wise right uh i went into the gym for the first time with one way of thinking and incredibly enough an hour and a half later i thought totally different right (laughs) Right. Uh, i went in thinking i was a badass and i walked out um humbled oh (laughs) humbled is not even the word um humbled uh i guess humble when you're humbled you're enlightened at the same time sure like you have these little revelations and you just realize that what you've been thinking all along was wrong so i guess uh, this is a pretty funny story, really. Um, I got the best slash worst introduction to jujitsu anybody could ever get. Um, so I had been training up in Detroit. Actually, it was a town called Canton, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Couple months, I started training some Muay Thai because I thought I was some skull cracker. Right, <laughs> I was 22 years old and. Uh, I was ready to go thump some skulls. They had these little tough mans and stuff that came through there. And I, for some reason, thought that would be a good idea. And yeah. I better get in shape. You know, I grew up playing hockey and being a knucklehead. So I thought I had these rights uh, and these yeah. abilities. Yeah. So I find a gym and I, I begin training Muay Thai and doing this for a couple months, enjoying it. Um, and, uh, you know, I felt like it really fit. I was like, cool, I get to elbow punch kick knee i get to do all these things be aggressive and i was dumb enough to be tough too right yeah. so it seemed like i was kind of meant for it so this is 2004 right yeah 2004 um there wasn't a lot of gyms around mm-hmm. like uh, nowadays yeah, there right, weren't right. just loads of black belts in a metroplex or even in a state um you had to find them out so i was i was lucky enough to start training at a good school originally, even the Muay Thai. 
I didn't know nothing about what I was looking for. I just found the place that I guess um, looked the best. And when I went in there the first time, felt the best, right? They were pretty <laughs> welcoming. Everybody was cool. So I used to train in Canton. I worked uh, way out in Brighton, which is, if anybody, it's way the hell away from Canton. Yeah. And then I lived in Dearborn. So that basically the gym is in the middle of my travels mm-hmm. every day. And one day I'd gotten off work early and I said, oh, I'm just going to go straight to the gym and I'll train and uh, wait for my class. So I get there. They're about to start a jujitsu class. And this coach, his name's Brian. Man, I wish I could remember your last name, homie. I just can't. Um, But uh, his name was Brian. And he said, well, man, since you're here, why don't you come do jujitsu? I said, cool. You know, yeah. I've wrestled around with my friends and I've gotten people in headlocks right, and, you know, uh, and I really, I really honestly, truly thought that I was about to go in there and roll some people. Like, you know, I thought I, and, and if I wasn't going to do that, I was going to be competitive. Yeah. You're going to okay. hold, hold your own. They're going to know my name, you know, kind of <laughs> like that. They'll remember me. And, and oddly enough, at the end of the story, they definitely remembered me, but, uh, and at that time, I was I was bigger than I am now. I was really into lifting weights. I was close to 190 pounds and thought I was just an ox, right? So yeah. get in there and get through the warm-ups, which was a struggle because they're awkward. It's not that they're necessarily cardiovascular uh, demanding, right? You're not just sitting there huffing and puffing, but yeah. the movements are new. So we get through that. We get through technique and then the... The real benefit of jujitsu, right off the bat over any other martial art, I believe, hands down, is that every time you do a class, you also, you get to spar, you go live, we call it rolling, right? You get to roll, you get to grapple. And so at the end of the class, this is what's happening. And during the technique, I'd been partnered up with this, this, uh, he was a kid, really, he was 15 years old, and he had this green belt around his waist, right? So at the time, I know nothing about kids and belts and jujitsu and all this. And mm-hmm. he was a bigger kid, uh, but I'm not going to blow it. He was big in the in the form of 145 pounds. We'll say that. Sure. This fucker strummed me, dude. I was a knucklehead, right? So I'm coming hard, and I'm trying to do any kind of bully thing I can to just smash on this teenager. <laughs> right. And this fucking kid strums me, dude. He's like over and over. He's armbarring me, and then somewhere in the round, he gets me in what I know now to be a triangle choke. <laughs> My brain, right? I can I can remember this like yesterday, Rusty. It's it's one of the best days of my life. My brain, I remember when this kid got his legs like up around my head and arms and stuff. I I thought, what's he going to like try to squeeze my head off? You know, I thought, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking I got a hard fucking skull. You know what's he going to do? And and that's kind of the last I remember. <laughs> All right, because this little fucker put me to sleep. And um, the next thing I remember is there was that dude, Brian, and I had another coach. His name was Adelaide. (laughs) They were holding my feet, and one dude's, like, rubbing up on my chest, you know, getting me to wake up. Yeah, yeah. And I come back to, and they're grinning ear to ear, right? Because here's this tattooed asshole comes in (laughs) thinking he's hot shit. And this little teenager puts me out. Right? Yeah. And I remember them waking me up and then like I'm like, whoa, what happened, dude? You know, and they're like, Oh, you got choked out, you know, that's a triangle choke. You gotta start tapping to this stuff. <laughs> and 
okay, you know, whatever. So um, I humbly have a seat on the side and I'm trying to regather like what yeah, yeah. really what happened, you know, and um, get my faculties about me. And I end up being like, well, man, I got to go to the restroom, you know, and I go to the restroom and I just throw up. Like, I'm so exhausted, right? Yeah. And uh, kind of just blown away. And I throw up all in the bathroom and I come out and class is about over. I, you know, I don't, I know I didn't do another round after that. I probably sat over there huffing and puffing, seeing stars on the side yeah. of the mats. And then class is over. And I talked to that dude, Brian, only because he wants to talk to me, mind you. I'm so exhausted that I can barely get words out. You know, my hands, I just feel them shaking and my legs ain't got any more energy. And I go out and I get in my car finally after this dude gives me a nice tongue lashing about needing to tap and, you know, humility and all of this. Right, okay. Right. And I go out in my car and I drive around to the back of the gym because that's as far as I could fucking get. There was no way I was driving home. I needed sure. some rest, dude. And I went around to the back of the gym and I was so tired and I was sitting there and I called Dustin. I called my brother and, uh, you know, he's living in Texas and I'm up in Detroit. And I just told him, I said, dude, you'll never fucking believe what just happened to me. Like, listen to this. <laughs> like, look, and uh, he laughed his ass off. And and that was kind of it, you know, for me. Um, there's one or two things that are going to happen for people mm -hmm. in those situations. They're either going to never come back they've been embarrassed and they don't know how to accept being embarrassed right right and then they tell their friends that that was bullshit and right, you know because right. their homies weren't there right yep. they don't know what really happened he ain't gonna go tell his homies he got choked out by yeah. a little kid he's you know he's gonna go and, and um probably talk it up that it wasn't that hard and he got through and he even submitted somebody with a with a blue belt or whatever around he's going to make fun of the color of belts and uh mind you this green belt on this kid it's because he's a kid all right we don't give adults green belts and shit. it's a youth belt so uh yeah i got choked out by a youth but uh <laughs> or you know you're either gonna bail and talk shit or you're gonna come back Embrace. and and you're just gonna accept what what happened yeah right and my mentality my whole life uh I'm pretty stubborn, right, in one way or another, uh, or in a lot of fucking ways. <laughs> so my mentality wouldn't let me do that. Right. If I was six foot tall before, I was three foot tall after. Sure. I felt insecure about what was going on around me anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I immediately realized that I was full of shit. This is a hard realization. Okay, uh, for anybody, I think at yeah. any level, just to say, uh, man, I'm I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah, at all times, I'm in danger. Who knows what these people know? And I've been popping off for years. <laughs> yeah, I've been talking shit for years, and I was a rowdy kid, and um, uh, up through my teens and into my twenties, you know, I grew up playing hockey, and I kind of had a job to do, and my job was to start some shit. You know, that's just what it was. So I had that that thing going on. And then when I got shown the light, I couldn't, I just couldn't turn away. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't do it, man. So sure, I start going back. And at the time this happened, I was like super heavy into a band. I was playing in a band, right? A death metal band. I was a drummer for a band and we were practicing every day and 
uh, we had just recorded some stuff and we had all these uh, visions of things we wanted to do, right? Yeah. And um, that almost stopped mm-hmm. because it was weird. Like in my mind said, what am I doing with this music? I'm having fun. That's what I'm doing. I'm having fun with my with music and yeah. the guys I was playing with. Uh, one of the guys in particular I was playing with, who is still a musician, a professional musician nowadays, he was looking to do something else. He wanted to play music. That's yeah. what he wanted to do. Right. Um, he's an incredible musician. Shout out, Krez, motherfucker. Uh, one of my best friends in the world. Um, and I had to, some, man, jujitsu took over. It just said, I got to know this. And I, I can't waste my time on something that I'm not going anywhere with. Right. That's just fun. Just fun. It's just fun. Uh-huh. Not that it's a waste of time, because it's not. I still I was playing my drums last night. Um, I still play uh, a little bit here and there. I have fun with it, but I don't dedicate my time to being the mm-hmm. best or as best as I can be. Right. Yeah. That's not what my energy went to, and I noticed then that that was like something that made my decision for me. That and the the huge mistake of being talked into entering a guitar center drum competition. That was the other fucking thing uh, that said, dude, why are you wasting your time? Okay. So um, that, that didn't go well? Uh, it just, dude, I got suckered into this, right? Me and my wife are at guitar center. We're in the drum room. I'm buying some shit, something like that. There's this dude named Dave worked in there in the drum section. And he comes up to me and he's like, yo, hey, what's up? We're bullshitting. He's like, what are you doing tonight? And I said, oh, no, you know, shit, just got off work, you know, chilling. And uh, he said, well, somebody dropped out of this drum competition. <laughs> Would you like to take their spot? And <laughs> in my naivete, <laughs> much like the gym, okay, because uh, I'm the same. I'm 22, you know, I'm uh-huh, 23, yeah. maybe something like that. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'll show everybody up. <laughs> I'm going to show these dudes what death metal's all about. Okay. Anybody that's a drummer or musician of any kind just understands how stupid of a statement that just was, right? So um, we stick around, and I'm probably like number five or six on the list for the night. I knew I was in trouble before this motherfucker started playing. Okay. <laughs> I knew I was in trouble when I was sitting there and I'm doing my little warm-ups on the pad and I'm watching these other guys do their warm-ups on the pad. And I'm like, all right. So the first guy, I'll never forget this dude's name though, unlike Brian's last name. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Guitar Center, whatever annual drum competition. The biggest drum competition in the world. Right there. I'm in trouble. <laughs> okay. I'm like, what? What? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> what am I? Oh, shit. And, uh, they go, we're going to bring up our first contestant. This is Roger Tyler. Roger Tyler's 51 years old. <laughs> he's been playing since he was nine. Uh, he's not- noted for this and that and that, and he's in this such and such in Detroit Hall of Fame. I'm like, all this. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, cool. Ten seconds into that, I knew. Like, what am I doing here? Why am I here? I, I remember looking at Dave, the, you know, the fucking asshole that talked me into this, right. set me up, you know. Uh, and I look at my wife, and even my wife, I can see it in her face. <laughs> She's just like, this poor man. <laughs> this poor man is 
It's about to get an experience. I, I can I can basically see my wife already grabbing her purse and keys. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, because she didn't think we were gonna stick it out or that I was even gonna wait to play. Um, but I did. I waited, and I watched another like fifteen year old kid and another twenty year old <laughs> kid and another old man go up there and shred these this set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible drummers. Uh. And then I went up there and I did my little death metal thing. Um, I don't recall like butchering anything. Yeah, you just um, did what you did. I don't recall anything as far as sound goes, to be honest with you. Uh, I couldn't wait for my two minutes to be over. <laughs> and when it was over, uh, I like exit stage left. And I walk outside and I just like sat on this little ledge out there. And I just put my head in my hands. I was like, I can't believe... I just embarrass myself like that. That's a, you know, my wife comes out and she's doing the real cool wife thing. Uh -huh. You did good, babe. I'm <laughs> proud of you. You got up there and you did it. That's the main thing, right? Just give you this fucking pep talk. And uh, she's like, come on, let's go back in. And at that point, I didn't want to show my face, like, period. Like, I was right. so embarrassed, man. But uh, we went back in and watched everybody else play. They were awesome. They were incredible drummers. And then even afterwards, we stuck around, started bullshitting with a lot of these dudes. And then at some point, one dude's on a set, and then there's another dude on a set, and then there's another guy on a set. And by the end of it, there was probably 12 of us all on a set at the same time, and we're all just catching a fucking groove, dude. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. So I'm glad I stuck it out. I'm glad I stayed cool. for that. Uh, but that was, that was a moment when i also that like i told you i had to make a choice right yeah yeah um i'm not much for can't or won't be able to but i'm highly aware of the effort it takes to be that good uh at anything yeah and i think you just have to make a decision what am i gonna what am i gonna dedicate my time to and back to jujitsu these were my options right right this these are were my passions at the time and <clears throat> excuse me jujitsu jiu won it won in a big way for me really uh it changed my whole outlook mm -hmm. on what i had been doing and who i was and who i was becoming i didn't and still to this day i don't feel i was on a path that was going downhill it was quite the opposite i uh i was on the rise for many years in a sense mentally and um, maturity wise right growing yeah, up yeah. I'd done a lot of stupid shit when I was younger dumb ass shit um, so by my by my early 20s I'd already kind of been through a ton yeah. and I figured I was doing what I needed to do and um, making a living taking care of my family building a family um, and then I found this jujitsu and it was this whole other level of me in a sense I had to learn how to accept a lot of things physically right and mentally about myself yeah. that i thought were i thought i was right about for a long time um it made me assess the way that i approached people in general after that yeah um i i a lot of fucking hardcore shit when i was younger i went through so i think you develop a certain mentality and luckily enough when i was younger i had a lot of people that, 
that supported me and led me in the right direction and helped me make some decisions that changed my life drastically. Um, and I'm fortunate enough to have listened to them at that time. Mm-hmm. But I went from one extreme to the other. I went from being this out of control maniac kid from a young age into my late teens and all that to I'm not going to eat sugar. <laughs> I'm not going to smoke a cigarette. Um, I'm not eating any kind of sweets. Um, no drinking, no drugs. I mean, nothing. Yeah. Hardcore, straight, boom. Work out every day, found this new life. So I'm I'm one or the other always. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hot and I'm cold. I'm never just like got my toe in some shit. You know, I'm <laughs> yeah. always just in or out. And jujitsu helped me figure a balance out after that. Okay. Because even at even at that time, I was super hardcore just the way I thought. I didn't have any time for bullshit. I didn't want to hear your fucking sob story. I was on a mission, right? And you yeah. were in my fucking way. Um, that was an exterior I needed to build at that time to even confront some of the demons and shit that was going on when I was younger. It ran its course. I don't know how long it would have lasted if I hadn't found jujitsu. Right. If, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know how long I would have kept up how I was acting mm-hmm. if somebody hadn't showed me the truth. Um, and it was, it made sense to me physically first because I was a knucklehead. Yeah. I didn't like physically being dominated. So I, I made a uh, decisions off of that. And then throughout the years, I don't want to be mentally dominated emotionally, nothing mm-hmm. like that. There is a, a grit dude that longtime jujitsu people have just to be comfortable in a bad situation. Yeah, right. Uh, we figure that out physically first. And then it starts to build mentally. And and when you leave there, some things don't seem to be as big of a problem. Um, when shit gets rough, you can kind of just kick back. And you, and you learn to take a breath and think about it and just say... I don't. I could do this, you know. Yeah, yeah. I can figure this out. I'll get out of here. You know, mm-hmm. I just got to chill out a little bit. I got to think my way out of this, not not react and and not just fight yeah. my way out of this. I got to think my way out of that. And um, yeah, because it, that's that's the same with like rolling, right? I mean, you're not just trying to pin. It's it's a matter of I mean, you have to think about what you're doing and what they're doing and process everything. Yeah, it's and, it, on the fly. It's a. Um, it's on the fly, but it's very calculated, mm-hmm. right? When you've been training for a while. Um, like chess or something, right? It is. It is. I'm a horrible chess player. <laughs> uh, but I like to feel that I'm pretty decent at jiu-jitsu, that I've been able to figure some things out. And what I figured out is how to chill out. <laughs> right. How okay. to relax. That's you know? good. How to relax and just handle a situation or a position for what it is at the time. And not, not think too much about what happened, and not even think about, think too much about what's gonna happen. Just, right. just In the, the moment. moment. Yes. Right now, this motherfucker is trying to choke me, and uh, right now I'm getting smashed. <laughs> Chill out, brother. Chill out. Kick back, um, and think your way out of this. Don't react. And yeah, that's huge. It's it's big, it's big, and. Um, 
I, I couldn't be a bigger advocate for it uh, as far as just the amount of people I tell and I have to refrain even sometimes when I when I start talking about it especially if somebody brings up uh, like an, another martial art mm -hmm. or the the mom and pops karate shop you know down the right down the street uh, how long did you do Muay Thai uh, so that was a couple months leading in before oh, okay. jujitsu and then jujitsu really took over. But at the same time, simultaneously, I was, I was training Muay Thai and then really was more, more MMA geared Okay. early in my jujitsu. So, and, and here's some more ignorance for you. Let, let's just spill it all out there. Let's just tell everybody how fucking dumb I am. So, um, <laughs> now I know these things about jujitsu, right? And I and I and I'm getting humbled there. Well, my first my first notion on it is that, man, I really like this no gi jujitsu. Mm -hmm. I don't like wearing the gi, and people that don't know, that's that's your pajamas with a belt. Okay, uh, that's a that's a fancy word for pajamas with a belt. It's big, it's heavy, it's kind of awkward, it's in your way, it's it's hot, right? And I didn't want to wear it. I wasn't gonna do that. I wasn't going to wear that gi. I was going to do only no gi. That's it. I was going to train for MMA, and I was going to be an MMA stud, and I'm going to be a no gi champion, and I'm going to do all this. For years, for a long time, I didn't put on a gi. And all I did was no gi jiu-jitsu. Uh -huh. So in MMA training, right? Not just straight jiu-jitsu. I got you. And then I ended up getting some injuries in, in, uh, in the meantime, some pretty good ones i like to call it right like i hurt my neck really bad ended up rupturing, rupturing a bunch of discs in my neck so i'm i'm fused from like uh i don't know it's like my c7 to my c3 or c2 Jeez, or something like really? that yeah i've had a couple different neck that. surgeries and knee surgeries shit like that uh broken every you know finger toe <laughs> uh, whatever right uh nose yeah if if you guys could see my nose you'd understand it's been broke a few times but uh so um i ignored traditional jujitsu for a long time the gi i said no nah, no nah, that's not what i'm gonna do that's yeah. not what i'm gonna do that's not as realistic that's kind of how i said no nah, when, when you get in a fight in the street <laughs> who's wearing the fucking pajamas <laughs> right. you know it's kind of like that how early is this fight is yeah. the guy getting his paper from his front yard when you get in a fight <laughs> you know so, right. some shit like that um, so i did basically all no gi jujitsu and um i was at one gym that will remain nameless um nameless gym nameless gym yes yes uh for a while for a couple of years um basically no gi like i was saying didn't like the way that gym was really turning out turned into you know uh just some bullshit i can't talk too much shit um so i began my search for more gyms mm-hmm and I'm going like all around the Metroplex into all these different gyms. And I'm really just trying to get in where I fit in, in a sense. Yeah. Um, what I did know at this time is that the feeling you get when you belong at a gym or, or a good vibe when you walk in a gym, there sure. are some knuckleheads out there in very toxic environments, yeah. gym-wise. Um, and then there's great ones you know many of them out there too um i was having a hard time really finding where i felt like i was belonged mm -hmm. so i resorted to 
I'd even resorted to. So in the meantime, I got a best homie I, I, I work with. His name's Nick Clark. He's a bad motherfucker too. Um, he wanted to learn how to do jujitsu. So I'm like, eh, well, man, all right. So we matted out his living room. And then every day we would train. Yeah. And then it just so happens he moved. He moved right behind me. And he had a detached garage. So then we matted out the garage, right? And <laughs> right, we right. would roll every fucking night, dude, for hours. Uh, we worked together. We tattooed together. We hung out. He lived behind me. And then we would roll at night. Right. You know, we I might get over there at 9.30 and come home at 2.30. We would just grapple and grapple. And we had a pretty good group of people that were coming over there with us and training. Then, the day I met kind of like... Um, my forever friend, my coach, mm -hmm. his name is Juan Tatum. So my wife was out of town. I can't remember what she was doing, but she was in Michigan and we were back in Texas at this point. So, um, I was at Saltgrass Steakhouse by myself. Yeah. Enjoying a motherfucking ribeye and a beer, dude. <laughs> uh, and my buddy Nick calls me and he says, Hey, um, you know that guy Juan I was telling you about he's going to be coming over in about an hour to grapple do you want to roll I'm like yeah fucking A I do you know <laughs> this is this is my chance right Juan is has at that time I think was the um, I know he was I think he was the purple belt world champ at his weight class um, uh, pretty hardcore into the tournament scene and then an MMA fighter as well um so I knew this was going to be like the best person that ever came to our garage. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and at that time, as funny as this sounds, that was me. You know, <laughs> that's my garage. Okay. Yeah. So um, we're chilling. We're doing like a little bit of warm ups. And then it's kind of like, oh, man, you guys, it's time to roll. Oh, you guys want to roll? It's like, yeah. So me and Juan slap hands. It's 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 very funny because it was an unspoken this is the first match, right? Uh -huh, this uh -huh. is what's gonna happen. So me and Juan slap hands and we start grappling and immediately I could tell like he's the best that had been over there, right? Uh -huh. And uh he's kinda handling me, right? But I at the same time, I believe he's taking me light, you know, because I'm right. just a random dude that now I train in a garage. Uh who's this motherfucker? And I catch him in this inverted triangle for which for all you motherfuckers that I know, you know, that's my shit. So even back in the day. So I catch him in this inverted triangle and I lock his body up and I lock this thing on and I go, I got him. I got him. I'm going to get him. I'm yeah. tapping this dude out. He's a coach. He's a world champion. I'm, I'm about to tap this dude out. Nah, that isn't <laughs> what happened. Okay. Um. He weathered the storm, which might have been more like a drizzle. Let's not bullshit. Okay. Um, I'm built, you know, I'm, I'm huge in my head, people. I'm huge. So he weathers the storm. He gets out of the triangle. He beats the shit out. He punishes me for a, a little while, right? And then he head arm chokes me, which also for you guys that know me, know I hate that shit. And good luck if you're going to try to get it anymore. Uh, is he head arm chokes me and, uh, man, I got a tap. <laughs> I got a tap in my own dungeon, in my own garage. I got to tap out. So, that I mean, that's what happened. And um, But it was cool. Yeah, right. right? 
there was there was no ill will it was cool this is i mean this is just what it is and i kind of knew right there that i wanted to train with one so that, that was sense. that was the beginning of kind of my forever home right yeah and my forever coach um i started training with Juan, and uh at that time Juan was a purple belt i was like a four-year five-year white belt because i was never putting on the gi so you don't get belts and no oh, okay. gi there is no belt system yada yada right, you know right. and you go out there in shorts and a rash guard you know there's no need for a belt yeah. you don't have pajamas uh so i started training in the gi and boom started catching belts you know uh got my blue belt kind of kind of quick i mean in in a sense you know as far as the time i was training in the gi to when i got my blue belt was kind of quick it was like six months mm-hmm. um but i i did have a lot of grappling experience you know so i wasn't yeah. just a total fish out of water um my blue to purple was definitely longer than that um and then uh purple to brown shoot I don't know. I think purple to brown was like three years, maybe. Oh, wow. Something like that. And then my brown to black was about the same. I got my black belt. Overall, I'd been training like 13 years when I got my black belt. Nice. And um, I'm the the first black belt under one. I was the first one he's ever been able to give out. So that's a... that was like a huge deal for me. Yeah. It was a a huge surprise when it happened. I didn't I didn't have a clue what's happening. <laughs> you know, you never do, or at least you shouldn't. We don't have a an announcement that it's ranking day and show up and get right, your stripe right. and shit like that. Uh, so you never you never really know when it's going to happen. And my wife was there, which was incredible because even I even though I'd been grappling thirteen years. My wife never seen me grapple. <laughs> she don't. You know, she's like, whatever. You having fun? <laughs> yeah. Boys right. will be boys, right? <laughs> you know, just don't go, come. Go don't, do your rolling around. Yeah, don't come home bitching to me. <laughs> you know, when you're hurt. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, she's definitely had to come pick me up from the gym before because I can't drive my car because I blew my fucking knee out or oh, no. you know separated my ribs again or whatever. She's put up with a lot. Yeah. As far as all that goes, and I've been at peak. Uh, ever since then and I've had the luxury of training beside a lot a lot of awesome people um, getting to know some really incredible people there's the the types of people that walk through the door you could never guess you know you could right. never just say these are the type of people that go to do jujitsu go yeah. to gyms so you meet all sorts of different people um, once I once I started coaching then that's when I was even more in love. Sure. Right. Even more in love. When I got the opportunity to start teaching these kids, holy shit. I like, I didn't even know like how incredible it would be. So, uh, I dove in head first, you know, like, like everything, you know? Um, and maybe I missed a a couple really cool things about it. Whenever I found jujitsu, uh, and we had come back to Texas. There, there was a point where I was, I was done doing what I was doing work-wise. Like I'd done carpentry my whole life. My uh, Terry, you know Terry yeah, owns yeah. a business. I had done that since I was like twelve years old. It's all I'd ever done. 
cabinets and fucking trim and framing and remodel, you name right, it. Right, right. So there came a point where I was pretty good at what I was doing jujitsu wise. Um, I was making a lot of progress. Uh, so I thought right, um, that I wanted to do it full time. And so I, I talked with my wife and incredibly enough, she said, do it. And I, I quit my job. I, I made more money. I was, the, I was the one who made the majority of the money at that time. Um, I made good money. I made more money than I make today, you know, <laughs> uh, at a young age. And she said, do it, you know, yeah. fucking do it, man. And uh, I did. I quit my job. And I just started training jujitsu. And then that kind of led to tattooing. Yeah. And that's really the... Not the beginning of my tattooing, but the beginning of me needing to take it serious, you right? Know, and make a living out of it, and as has been so famously qu- quoted, instead of blasting asses in the basement, <laughs> I was gonna, be, I was gonna be at a real shiny establishment with a sign and everything, right? And uh, that was another, that was another adventure, you know, getting into that. And I know. Uh, you and I had that connection kind of early on. You know, you're an artist. You like to draw, man. Uh, you were looking, getting into tattoos, and mm-hmm. it's a uh, that's another fine art, right? Yeah, that's another thing. Am I going to dedicate my time yeah. to this? Yeah, that's why I don't now, because <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't justify all that. Oh, dedication. you did good though. You had a, you know, um, some people got a, an a kind of an ability early, or maybe a leg up sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, an easier start, and then. Some things are harder. Yeah. But yeah. how much time did you want to dedicate to it? Yeah. 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 I needed to dedicate a lot more. And yeah. I wanted to do it the right way. So that's why, you know, it, it didn't make sense for me. I couldn't abandon everything else at the time. And then you're a fucking shredder. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're a shredder. You grab that guitar and you just tear it up. That's the other thing. You know, if I had to choose, well, it's, it's going to be either music or tattooing, you know, because I have to dedicate that time really towards tattooing if i want to make it worth it and be able to make some money off of it one day and not just like you say you know just do it out of the house or something and you've got a so, good living you know you've got a trade that, right. that you've also worked yeah, on that's, for a that's, long time that's too. hard to to pass up yeah it was um it was a crazy thing when i quit doing carpentry because that's kind of all i ever knew you right. know tattooing wise i started tattooing in 2002 but like shit <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like shit man uh i got into it and told maybe some of the not the best practices early on you know uh-huh. i didn't have the best coach early on the dude was cool as shit but uh cool only goes so far oh yeah and so i i i took the long road on that too i early on i didn't really look at it as a living like i was gonna make a living doing yeah, it yeah yeah I had had in my head I was always going to be a carpenter you know and that's what I was going to do and one day I was going to own my own own business like that and then just have things on the side I like doing for fun yeah Um, nobody is uh, a good musician on the side for fun (laughs) nobody is a good anything on the side for fun right yeah if you're if you're going to be good at it then you need to obsess right and really get down to it and um keep yourself up at night about it right 
and think and think and think and question and write shit down and, and then get back to it and look at what you did last week um, and take what you can from it and but try to get better right you know you never made it nobody ever made it really you know <laughs> anywhere where are we going where did I make it to I don't I don't fucking know, <laughs> yeah. you know? where is it yeah I made what constitutes it? it yeah I made it mom uh, no probably not I mean, that's how I feel about this stuff. I, I mean, it's not even just the podcast. It's just about getting information out. Like, I have such more of a passion now to learn and experience things from different people's perspectives because kind of the same maybe mentality that you were talking about. I just, not that I was a know-it-all, but, you know, I thought that I might know more than this person or I can hold my own in this this realm here and, and whatever and just not willing to learn and take every bit of advice that I was probably given a chance to absorb at some point, but I just decided wouldn't, not to. Wouldn't that be incredible if if uh, we absorbed all the advice? Yeah, it's know? in there. It's still in there Where somewhere. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was just there, you know, and you just gotta access it again. Yeah, and, that's that's um, the way I feel about the memory in your in your brain. You know, I just there, it's it's hard to I, I it's like I can't locate that file in my head sometimes. I yeah, to, I need something to help guide me to it, and it's it might it might be there. All that it stuff might we might have there, absorbed, right? yeah. like you say, it could, it could <laughs> yeah. be in there somewhere. There's a lot going on, and um, you catch advice in so many forms that don't seem like advice. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Just a lesson right in front of you, not 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 a blatant uh, here. Learn from this, but uh, every uh, too many experience experiences are ignored. Yeah, you know, for what they are, or, um, nobody's trying to gain anything from their experiences it's just an incident yeah and it's that's just, that's where i am now i'm trying to learn and gain everything um <laughs> that's that's the mild obsession for me is you know it's being in the shower or something thinking about something I, I need i need to write it down or i need to you know get it out somewhere so that also, that also helps me with my memory it's just taking notes and you know i'm bad about that like note taking i i always tell myself oh i'm gonna write that down you know, I need to write that down and I need to remember this. And there's so much I forget. Like I forgot more than I will ever know in yeah. a sense. And then my main focus lately, just in life in general, because not everything is easy. There's always, there's always shit that happens. And now that I have this close to 16 year old daughter, um, Man, I'm having to think, you know, and I'm really, I'm really having to. Shit's real. Get outside of myself a little bit, and I've come to the conclusion, and it's been for a little while now. And uh, the only thing I need to work on, overall, if I just had one direction, man, is I need to be the best communicator that I could be. Right. That's it. You know. That's the one thing if i can communicate with people on whatever level not intellectually you know because uh you know we were talking about will you had will on here a couple weeks ago and i told you damn i listened to that dude's podcast and i was like holy shit this guy is incredibly smart right <laughs> he he knows so much and um he can spit out this and that and that but will's one of my good friends and me and Will can communicate. He lowers, like I told you the other day, he yeah. lowers himself <laughs> to my single-celled <laughs> organism level. And he tolerates me and he communicates with me. Yeah. And I never feel 
I've never ever felt like less than or he's trying to match wits oh, yeah, or yeah. anything like yeah. that. Will's just a good dude. It's a good dude and he's easy to talk to, but I'm talking with that dude. <laughs> I'm I'm talking with it and jujitsu is the same. Coaching over the years, like I said, I know tons of people, you know, type different types of people. And to be able to have the opportunity to communicate with them is awesome. Yeah. Uh, you really get to dissect mentality and personality. Ah, flaws are easy, right? Flaws are like in your face. That's the easy part, you know. But I think uh, temperament and things like that. Those are those are the ones I like better. I like to I like to learn what people are made of, kind of how they're wired. Sure. And uh, I do that physically a lot too. <laughs> I like that. Right, you know, you you figure out how, what exactly somebody's brain is made of when you're grappling too. Yeah, yeah. When when you know you're fucking them up, <laughs> you're grinding the face right off of their skull. Yeah. You know, and are they gonna give up? You know, or are they just gonna keep hanging with it? Yeah. And uh, you're yeah, like, that'd be that'd be my problem. So I wouldn't go in head first and and think that I could hold my own. I'd be scared that someone's about to. You don't know how fragile my knee is. You don't know how fragile my back is. Yeah. You know, I'm going to hurt myself because yeah. then I'm, it might be a pride thing. You know, I, I might think that I have an upper hand somehow. And then, you know, just like you said, somebody going light with you or whatever. I would say 99% of injuries are pride-based. <laughs> sure. Right? Yeah. Have to be. <laughs> I, I can damn near say 100% of mine Yeah, because I mean, all you have to do is tap, right? <laughs> that is true. I can tell you one injury that wasn't my fault. Um, I was asleep, <laughs> and that's why it wasn't my fault. My dog jumped on my jumped on my leg one time, like I was sleeping on my belly. She jumped and landed on my heel, and it turned my knee out and just <laughs> blew my knee out again. Uh, that's oh, the so one you said again. So again, it was... yeah, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. That was after surgeries, and oh, yeah, man. no, blew it out again. If I if you saw my knee, it's like um, if it was possible for your knee to have a set of titties on the back of it. <laughs> That's what my knee looks like. Like it looks like the Christmas story lamp. Like it, it's just, uh, it's fucking gross. Uh, so yeah, but that's just part of it. Maybe one day I'll get it taken care of again. But uh, I'm not looking forward to a knee surgery anytime soon again. Yeah. Um, I can tape it up and do what I gotta do. So yeah, we're good. And then most of the time I don't even tape it up. It is what it is. It turns around 180 degrees and. <laughs> It grosses people out. It makes snap crackles and pops all the time. Um, cool. I like it. You know, just <laughs> Is it painful it. when it does all that? Or are you just used to uh, it? You, not all the time. Sometimes it is. You know, I get more pain um, in my knee, like when I wake up yeah, in the yeah. morning after I've been asleep or something, right. or if I've been sitting down for a while. I have, I may have more injuries from jujitsu, but I have more pain from tattooing just sitting there yeah yeah how's that on the back it's horrible yeah it's horrible that's man. another reason why i'm glad i didn't do that because all the constructions screwed up my back you know sure. it's from the start so i'm just not in a good position even you know recording stuff sitting here with the guitar and reaching over with the keyboard or or, or adjusting shit on the speakers or whatever just that leaning over and, well then but you know like while you're jamming or something you you get in a zone right yeah Right. And then you don't even know you've been there for a minute. Exactly. Yeah. And next thing you know, oh, set the guitar down and oh man, I can't move. My my last kind of bad neck injury was from tattooing. 
It, it wasn't even from uh, jujitsu, you know. I'd been tattooing for a few hours, and I guess I just was sitting in one spot too long, kind of hunched over and kinked up. Yeah. And then I went just a turn and hit my rinse cup real quick. That was it. It just locked up. I remember it shot a thing, pain up my neck. And I was screwed up for a couple months, dude. After Damn that. it. Even with massage or therapy or whatever, it was just bad. And, that's scary, uh, man. So that's those are my biggest pains are long tattooing sessions when I'm ignoring how I should be sitting. Yeah. You know, and how often I or should just take forgetting a break how you're sitting. <laughs> or forgetting. Yeah. You get you get in the mode and you're just kinda letting things fly and next thing you know you've been there for an hour and a half in that one spot. Yeah. And then you go to move and no bueno, man. <laughs> it just it don't roll like that. Man, I had a whole bunch of stuff written down on this thing, but you've you've uh, touched on almost all of it all cool. on your own. Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really know how this was gonna go. Um, no, I didn't either. It's just it's always uh I just have a lot of stuff, you know, just in case if there's not a natural conversation or anything or well, we just both get a little microphone shy. I'm not a I'm not much of a modest person, you know, so that's probably not that hard. Uh, <laughs> well, I think you're a good storyteller, too. Uh, thanks, thanks. Maybe I got some fucking cool stories. I don't know, you know. Uh, <laughs> cool shit happens all the time, dude. It does. You know what I mean? And uh, we've known each other for a long time. You, you were yeah, for, you were married to my cousin at one point. Yeah, that's and, what I was going to mention for and, uh, for those who didn't know that. Yeah. How does and, that work? Are we ex, ex-cousin-in-law? Well, cousin-in-law in general is a real fucking weird thing to say, right? <laughs> right. Because it's not like I uh, would introduce you as that. Like, right. hey, this is my, even when you guys were, I mean, this is my cousin-in-law. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with no offense in mind, I wouldn't even say you were my fucking cousin if you guys were married at the time. I was yeah. like, this is my cousin's husband. This is Rusty. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, the whole changing into families is, is kind of funny, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, are can stepsisters still be hot i mean you know and and uh can uh you know can your uh kind of married in cousin still be hot i mean is is that okay you know yeah. uh so let's not put a label on it that just makes it weird <laughs> right. yeah yeah when i wake up sweaty at night you know it makes it weirder if i think they were they have some kind of family affiliation <laughs> right. Right. but yeah no known each other for a while man and uh shit we've jammed together a few times too yeah you know been able to do that a little bit yeah i mean regardless of uh x business or whatever that's uh i always consider you guys family anyway you oh, guys yeah. are fun to hang out with yeah yeah always you still come around and everything and it's Man, i haven't um, talked to dustin in a little while no shit i was just over there was it last weekend i go over there doing all right oh yeah man he's getting around oh uh oh hop along <laughs> yeah yeah all right is he still doing any training or no Man, he ain't been to the gym in a little bit. Oh. Uh, I'm not going to totally throw oh, him under the bus. Man. Yeah, yeah, I know you're going to listen to this shit, motherfucker. <laughs> get in the gym. But he's a busy dude. He works yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. And he's got the other passion. He's into his cars. Right, right. You know, he, well, he's got his excuses. That's certain. They're yeah. legitimate excuses. Yeah. And, um, as long as he's happy. You know, there was a time that we all trained. You know, my like the whole family trained. Everybody was in the gym all yeah. day. Everybody except my wife. My daughter trained for years. You know, she trained from like... Um, Man, from six to twelve years old, consistently. Dustin's son, Brayden, mm-hmm. trained uh, for a long time. He, Brayden, ain't been around in a little bit. It's the last time he, he got his blue belt. I gave him his blue belt 
And then he got the Blue Belt Blues, and he ain't been around. Oh, okay. You know, that was cool, being able to give my nephew yeah, yeah. Uh, his Blue Belt. That was pretty fucking awesome yeah. for me. I started teaching him when he was four years old, you know, in Dustin's house. And we would just roll around, and and then he started taking it serious and training hard at eight years old. Yeah. And annihilated people it was incredible for for so long it was awesome still my daughter was the same way Devin you know she yeah. was a big competitor for a long time and was both of them were light years beyond where I could have ever hoped to be you know just naturally uh -huh. their their natural ability kids are amazing they can do anything dude yeah they can do anything They're little sponges they are awesome and then you know they trained forever long and they got done with it Devin's a Devin's a little lady. She ain't got no business rolling around with nobody no more. And and uh, that's cool. I had to accept that. Yeah. That my my dreams aren't her dreams, right? Mm -hmm. She can do her own shit. Sure. So so right now she's chilling it up on Snapchat and having a good time. You know? <laughs> right. Whatever Snapchat is, I don't know. I've never used it. I don't plan on it. I know you can make videos and the yeah. videos go away. That's I what think, I hear. I think that I've I've downloaded that twice and deleted it twice just very quickly. I don't like the format, but it just seemed, I don't know. It just it seemed like um, too many things to keep track of too. It seemed like they tried to make me download it one time when I was, I don't know, maybe I was looking at some dirty on the internet and it said I needed Snapchat too. And um, <laughs> I wasn't falling for that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a membership fee, Rusty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got to pay for the extra stuff. No, no, there's too much free shit out there to be paying that dollar a month. I'm cheap. Like that. Like I need the real subscription anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talking about, I don't look at that stuff. I'm married. Married. Who looks at that? Happily married. Yeah, happily married, damn it. Maybe it's because of porn. I don't know. Either way. Let's see here. I want to look at a couple of things. Yeah. Um, do you think you guys are going to stay in Texas for the remainder? Or... Do you I guys have your sights set somewhere else? Uh, I would have a hard time leaving, right? You know, because I, I moved around a lot already, mm -hmm. kind of early, you know, uh, shit. So Danielle and I have talked about that a lot, really, if we would ever leave. And she's from Michigan. Right. She's from the Midwest. We met in Hawaii when we both lived there. Mm -hmm. um, she fucking loves Texas, dude. Yeah. Loves it. She thinks it's the best. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, so she doesn't have any intentions uh, or we don't have any plans on moving states. You know, we've we've been around and traveled and gone other places. And man, when you come back to Texas, dude, it's just, it's its own thing. Yeah. It's not like anywhere else. You yeah. Know? Um, and she'll never move back to Michigan. That's for sure. <laughs> never. She swears that just because it's fucking cold, man. Yeah. It is freezing up there. Yeah. So I went from, I grew up here. I was born in Texas. I was born in Oak Cliff and then grew up in Texas until I was 17. And then uh, made a big boy decision to get my ass out of trouble. And I listened to some really good advice. And I caught a plane and I went to Hawaii. And uh, I went to Hawaii all by myself. I didn't, you know, nobody went with me. Yeah. And uh, this. This might be a whole separate podcast another day because it's fucking nuts. But uh, bottom line is I made my way there. And, and I ended up being there for a little over three years. 
and that's where I met Danielle. Danielle, uh, I was doing telemarketing. <laughs> so we would sell Christmas trees over the telephone. <laughs> yeah. And we would start selling Christmas trees in July in Hawaii over uh -huh. the telephone. And God, what different times. Well, something really cool about that, they we, they still do it there. Really? It, yeah, oh, it's a big way. Um, so you could you could sell a shit ton of Christmas trees. So like a six or seven foot tree there, and this was back in 99, 2000, 2001, 2002. Uh, it's like 120 bucks <laughs> for a goddamn Christmas tree. <laughs> right? It's fucking insane. So I did that. And then Danielle worked in the accounting department of this place. Okay. So I'd always have to, you know, you have to bring your cards in for your sales and stuff at the end of the night. I'd see Danielle there. And then um, the best way I can explain this without totally getting into how weird this whole situation is, is she hated me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she fucking hated me, man. I was, I was 17 when I met her and uh -huh. Danielle was 24. So uh, she thought I was just a fucking punk, you know, and I was. <laughs> punk you know, kid. the first time she seen me, I had like a tennis ball green mohawk, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I was all of probably like 140 pounds. Yeah. You know, I wasn't in the best of health. I'd really been running hard for uh, shit since I was a little kid, you know, doing all sorts of dope and whatever I could. Yeah, you know, just as much trouble as I could get in, that's what I was doing. And uh, hence, that's why I ended up in Hawaii. I need to get the fuck out. But um, now she hated me. She thought I was a loose cannon and a lunatic, which was very true. Um, and I hated her. <laughs> why? Because she hated you? Because she hated me. <laughs> right? And and uh, I thought she's a fucking snob, man. <laughs> you know? I was like, this bitch, man. This fucking snob. You know who she thinks she is? <laughs> talking to me like that uh, which is funny because really she wouldn't talk to me at all yeah. <laughs> you know, she'd just, just make up the look stuff at me you know take the cards and roll her eyes and just look disgusted yeah yeah so i don't even know i mean at that point it wasn't like i was looking at her like i even had a chance or wanted a chance yeah right I was like fuck this chick dude you know this fucking chick thinks she is <laughs> and uh long story short on that we got put on a a team together a pool team playing some billiards right okay and we would play pool late at night after work and shit well at that point we were on a team we had to figure it out we, we were forced to talk to each other now yeah and it worked out oddly enough like we you know we ended up having a lot of things in common and maybe not interests but mentality sure and personality right and, yeah. and experiences Right. Uh, we had a lot of things in common that way and it just made sense so i've been with danielle since i was i mean essentially 17 years old right mm -hmm. i'm 37 now it wasn't long after we her and i got on that little pool team and started playing pool at night and stuff together that i had a just uh an overwhelming feeling that i just kind of knew dude like i was like this is that's that's the one right i don't i don't know what it is why why it's that way because she was such a fucking asshole I, I, yeah, I was gonna say i could just picture it like you're just standing there she's playing pool and looks up at you and gives you this really shitty look and you just think she's the one <laughs> that happened <laughs> hey 
That happened this morning. <laughs> All right? That happened right before I walked out the door for the fucking podcast, too. When she looks at me in total disdain, you know, or, you know, she's like, what the fuck is this dude up to today? When she gives me that look, <laughs> then I know that's the one. You know, she loves me, man. And um, so we, uh, shit, man, we made it work, you know, and um, my friends most of or i can't say most of but a lot of which were my age you know at that time 17 18 19 even 20 stuff like that it's a couple older ones we're all like pretty pumped they're like yeah. fucking big fish malone like <laughs> right on dude you know you're scoring the older chick this girl's got a job she got a car she got education all yeah. of this uh and her friends are like what the fuck is your problem <laughs> right this is a boy you yeah. know this is a little boy over here crazy and, boy um, so we caught a lot of shit yeah. early on for that. Um, so we lived in Hawaii together in an interesting environment for, you know, roughly three years, something like that. Actually, more like two and a half. And then um, there came a point where she had just, you know, decided she was going to move. She was going to move back to Michigan. She was going to go home. And uh, And I wasn't at a point to where I could really move and, and yeah. do that yet. So we just kind of made a deal, you know, like this is this is what I want. Is this what you want? Uh, we made a deal to be exclusive. I guess that's what they fucking say now is exclusive. Yeah. We made we made a deal not to to go get fucked by anybody else. That's what we made a deal. And uh, packed. a pact. <laughs> and she moved back to Michigan and she was there for nine months. And I was while I was in Hawaii, and then, man, finally it it worked out. I was able to come home, and that was that. Like, I came home from Hawaii to Texas um, in May of 2002. And then with the soul, I had to make it home for one thing. Bottom line, my nephew was about to be born. My brother's first kid and only. Mm -hmm. My first nephew, my, my only brother, shit like that. So I was going to be home. So I got home, and I, Braden was born on July 5th of 2002. And then I moved to Michigan on July 6th of 2002. Nice. And then we ended up being there for like five years and came back home. So I usually tell people I'm the best or worst person to ask for relationship advice because <laughs> I haven't been in a whole lot of them. Right, right. But I've been in one pretty long successful one <laughs> where we make we make shit work. Yeah, and uh, we weird. don't we don't have you know any problems out of the ordinary bullshit like right. dang we need a couple extra bucks kind of stuff or uh, everybody gets on somebody's nerves every now and then. Sure, yeah, uh, we all do. Yeah, I'm a I'm an eccentric type, so I can see how I I rub her down to a little nub every now and then because <laughs> I am I'm fucking on the go. You yeah. know, and I'm an obsessive type person. So when I'm into something, I'm really into it. Yeah. And I, I can't put it down. And she's so laid back. She's high energy at work. She's got big stress at work, big pressures. Uh -huh. So when she gets home, it's That's chill time. Oh, it's bra off, pajama pants and a and her what her nook. And she loves that nook. <laughs> and she just reads that damn book all the time. Yeah. And that that's her escape. That's the way she gets out. What type of stuff does she read? Ha <laughs> ha. Romance novels. Oh, you know it, brother. <laughs> but it is not your typical romance. 
These Ro- in- robots? No. They, <laughs> these involve of the four-legged kind sometimes, you know, uh, like vampires, werewolves, any kind of were animal. I, I, was, <laughs> I had no idea that there was a were okay. everything. There's were cats and oh, oh, I didn't know that. Were birds and oh, you name it, they're okay. there. Alligators, oh, coyotes, uh, and unlike what I was used to, these werewolves look like wolves. They they run on all fours. They ain't even like that badass. <laughs> yeah, they're just a you know. I'm I'm into dogs. I fucking love dogs. But that's just a fucking wolf, man. Like a <laughs> werewolf. I'm thinking hind legs. Yeah, yeah. standing up. It's drooling. And monsters. It's monsters. Yeah, monsters. Uh, but she loves that stuff, dude. It's like uh, bestiality in romance you know, all in one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. And fantasy and all yeah. of these things. I guess it's not as that not is as that, weird. Is that accurate? Is she gonna get mad? Um, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Sorry. the chance. Yeah, the chance is there. Uh, is this something I've never said? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Has she gotten mad at me before about it? Yeah. Absolutely. It's all right. You know. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I do jujitsu. You know, she's fucking sick of that shit. And then uh, disc golf, you know. I play disc golf pretty much every day at some point. Get Man, up. I still have never done that before. Oh. <laughs> I've always wanted to. Oh. There's a place not that far from the house. I just don't. I don't yeah, have the discs. Got... I don't have. I don't know what to do. <laughs> dude. I don't know enough people that actually do it. Dude, unless, I've got three okay. full bags in the back of my car. Right yeah. now at all times <laughs> just ready to go ready to go with with two extra pairs of shoes i got hoodies i got socks i got a pair of underwear <laughs> holy shit oh okay. uh, yeah in case i gotta jump in the creek gets rowdy you know retrieve yeah. something um no i love it nice i love it it's <laughs> it's super mellow it's uh the most stress-free thing going on yeah you know out of all my activities and daily happenings and shit like that tattooing's kind of i wouldn't say it's stressful but I guess if you make a mistake, or, yeah, uh, yeah, your room for error is pretty slim, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, and then jujitsu, it's not stressful, but it's high energy. Yeah, you right. Know, you're you you're exerting a lot, and then um, disc golf. Pff, come on, I mean, listen, it's fucking called disc golf, right? <laughs> how how worried about it could you really be? Yeah, you know, you, you lose a disc or you throw a bad shot. Uh, that's the worst thing that can happen. So, uh, no, man, you could run into an alligator or something, maybe you could, which might be even neat. Tried to snag an alligator one time when I was in Florida at this uh condo complex my in laws were staying in. There was probably like a five or six footer chilling out the pond, yeah. And uh, me and Danielle were driving, and I was like, Fuck, there it is. My first time in Florida, I was like, Look, right there, there, there it is. That's the one they were talking pull about. Over. <laughs> pull over, They're pull over, and she does, she pulls over, and Man, I'm sneaking up like I had to go up this little hill and through the grass, and I was coming down through the grass, and I was probably like, man, I got within like 20 feet of yeah. this fucking alligator. Its back was to me. It was facing the like the golf course pond, you know? Yeah. And then I hear, hey, 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 you, hey, you dummy. <laughs> Get away from that fucking alligator. <laughs> <laughs> it was the... It was the people at the guard shack in this condo complex. Yeah. He was on his little speakers. It was, you know, he's like, "Hey, dummy!" <laughs> I was thinking I had I had seen Crocodile Hunter and Steve Irwin. Right. I knew exactly what to do. I've caught a few lizards, <laughs> dude. I was gonna, Rusty. Believe me when I tell you, you would have jumped on it. I was about to jump on that fucking alligator. 
<laughs> he could have taken it, right? I think so. Uh, still to this day. Little I, arms. I still, little arms. We can do them little arms. You know, I've watched how they get up from the back and they get up on them. And so right. so uh, I thought I really had a chance. <laughs> yeah. Florida's cool. I like Florida for all their wildlife and stuff. We used to go every year. And me and Braden, every time we go, we just go out hunting shit. Yeah. And, but not like to kill. We we like to find any reptile or oh, yeah, amphibian yeah. or anything we can. And we, we were quite successful, you know, every time we went. What kind of stuff is, is that? Um, well, you know, mainly um, like the easiest shit to catch is all their frogs. And like they've got tree frogs. Yeah, they got really cool tree frogs. You nice. know, the bright green ones with sticky yeah. old feet and everything. Yeah. They're really neat. So I really like the tree frogs. Um, and then they're basically like a rat snake, like okay. long black rat snakes. Yeah, those are fun to catch because they're really fast, and uh, you got to like chase them down <laughs> and you got to jump on them and stuff. And they get mad and they shit all over you <laughs> and they spin their tails around, you know, yeah, like that. And they start spraying helicopter. shit everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was just fun. You know, Braden was real into reptiles. I would, I, I love reptiles. I used to have a ton of, you've got a bunch of my cages actually. Yeah. yeah. So I used to have a ton of reptiles. So all that I liked about Florida and, um, I don't think I'd live there though. I've never stayed in like the panhandle of Florida. We always go to Port St. Lucie, which is pretty far south on the atlantic side uh-huh. so it's basically it's like 40 minutes from west palm beach and man it's gorgeous dude it's so nice isn't the water a lot hotter uh right? yeah yeah it's i mean i guess it's pretty warm over there um i'm thinking about versus hawaii california or yeah oh definitely versus california you know california is miserable man that's cold ass water that's chilly I don't have any desire to ever go back to California. Not at all? Not for a visit? I don't think... I don't I think just, I could live there unless I no had way. endless supply of money forever. But still... You know, I'd have to be way up north. And not have to travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? I need a, I need a helicopter. Traffic, <laughs> traffic is terrible. A little so. puddle jumper, something like that. Yeah. Um, Northern California is beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Southern California, I'd never live there. And I got a buddy who lives in Oregon. You know, he lives in Eugene. I could, I could see that. Yeah, that's another place I, I could, I've not been. I would love to go. I could, I could deal with that. I think. Uh, but back to it, man. I love Texas. <laughs> right, right. I love Texas. Yeah, we we have all the weather here. It just depends, you know. You know, we got what the lottery spin gives you. We got good food. We got tons of good food around here. Uh, I find myself craving good food when I travel around most of the time. Yeah. We just have a good variety of it, things, and I love Mexican food, so. Yeah, there's it's hard to top what's around here uh, in any other northern state, for I sure. I pretty much ate zero Mexican food in Hawaii. Yeah. And then Michigan Mexican food, that's that's <laughs> laughable. Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny, man. I don't know that I've been that far north, because I, I know that it's not a good chance that you're going to get something good so i just don't go for mexican but what is the difference is it just like not spiced um yeah it's yeah you're not gonna it's not gonna it's pretty bland Hmm. is the most part and then where you're gonna go like the amount of places to go is so few and far between um i know they had a don pablo's in canton and even the don pablo's was like subpar (laughs) uh they do have a mexican town though okay it's kind of like the west side of detroit 
you can go get some decent grub there but that's but you got to go to just one spot like maybe some street tacos or something yeah yeah you can get some you can get some decent shit over there but other than that there's i mean it's nothing yeah not like here where you can go anywhere and catch some good grub there's an abundance of food that's for sure they got a all lot these of fat people walking around they got a lot of good uh middle eastern food there though if you're in oh, really? that they have one of the largest middle eastern populations in the country i believe like maybe the largest in dearborn hmm. and throughout detroit yeah, that's some good food. It's not too bad. I'm into the meats. I'm down with their meats. Slice that shit some, up. Some lamb. Lamb is delicious. Yeah. They also have a lot of good Greek foods in Detroit. Greek restaurants. Nice. Pegasus is a pretty good place to go. And uh, they had this one major chain. I think it was called Lashish in Michigan that got exposed for like supplying al-qaeda and stuff. oh no yeah yeah they're supplying Whoops. funds i'm pretty sure that's right <laughs> i don't care if i'm wrong though Maybe <laughs> okay. yeah. but i'm pretty sure i heard that right since we were talking about reptiles and stuff what is your animal situation like right now uh well i only have one reptile anymore i went from like 40 to one uh, I got rid of pretty much everything except my first one. I've got a Colombian red tail boa named Cheese. He's fucking sweet and uh, she's about seven foot long. Nice. He's a big old boy. And then I got four dogs and two cats. I'm recently down from five dogs. Oh, yeah, you did lose one. I'm sorry. Yes. Like, uh, how old was that dog? Man this is rough homie uh he was about to be five damn i was gonna say he wasn't that old <laughs> no this was this, okay so th this is hardcore this is uh i love my dogs right you look yeah, same yeah. way you love your dogs right um we have a catahoula and she got knocked up by a pit bull that broke down the fucking back door to my house and while she was in heat and took care of business right <laughs> So we ended up keeping two puppies from that, Bolt and Bones. Uh, Bolt was the runt. He's a dark, real beautiful black dog. And then Bones was the the chunk. He was enormous. He was the <laughs> biggest puppy out of all of them. Uh, so we kept those two. They've grown up together. And then over like this last, man, dude, it's been like a year and a half almost. Well, maybe two years, really. There's a real battle for authority, but really coming from just one of the dogs. It was coming from Bones. And, man, fights fights would break out here and there. And yeah. then what would happen is when we would go out of town and somebody would be staying at our house, a fight would break out, like, almost every time. Yeah. And bad ones. Not just, like, little ones. Bad ones where right. tendons are fucking ripped out. Oh, wow. Uh yeah multiple stitches and vet vet bills and visits and we figured it was like a separation thing when we're gone even mm -hmm. though we had somebody staying there that they were familiar with this kept happening yeah um well then it became just because he wanted to you know and bones bones was the instigator he's always the one starting shit he's the one that wants to fight he's not the alpha but he wants to be Mm -hmm. He's a little smaller than Bolt. Bolt's like 87 pounds. Bones was like 75 pounds. They're both big boys. Uh -huh. um, so I guess about a month ago, Danielle was out of town, and it was Dev and I at the house. 
her and I went to the gas station, which is literally a mile from the house, went to the gas station, got her a fountain drink, come back, and shit has hit the fan. It has gone off. There is blood all over my kitchen. Well, first off, I walk around the corner, and I know something's not right because my wife's alarm's going off. It's like, you know, static and shit. And I come in, I come around the corner, and Bones has his brother by the throat on the ground. And Bolt, the one on the ground, his tongue's just hanging out of his mouth, like dead as shit, right? Yeah. So I got to break this up, and I get Bones into the bathroom, and when I come back around to where Bolt's laying on the ground, he's not moving, you know? I'm like, oh, man. And then he starts to kind of like shake and come to. Basically, he just got choked out. I mm-hmm. mean, Bones was killing him. He was just going to kill him. Yeah. So um, this was a big vet another visit to the vet they were both real screwed up one more than the other the one that had been choked out was i mean severely damaged uh just tore up man and the other one bones he had some lacerations his chest had been kind of torn open and a little bit on his face but overall he was the clear winner of this fight Uh uh so we take care of this and I'm I'm really summarizing it all, making it all short. My right, wife right. and I started going to great lengths kind of a while back on how we introduce people into the house, what what kind of energy is coming on, you know, if somebody's yeah. coming over, we're trying to be um, aware that they're coming. So like, oh, I'll come meet you out because if somebody would just ring my doorbell, knock on the door, yeah, all fucking hell breaks loose, right, right, you know, and then it might be a fight. Uh, so we had been working on that for a long time and things had gotten better. Um, and then after this last fight, when Bones won, this is the first fight he's ever won. He's normally the loser. He's the contender, right? He's not mm. the alpha. He was the contender. He won this fight. I swear to you, Rusty, I promise. I can see it in him right there from that fight that this was going to be different, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was not going to be the same anymore. Right. Um, over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to even more measures, just how we introduce them and where he lays and where the other dog lays. And man, we really, we really tried hard. And what, what there was a couple more fights in between then that Bones instigated at really random times, not just we had a ball or there was food out or anything yeah. like that. Just in pure stillness and silence when we're relaxing, all of a sudden, bam, an attack. Uh, so the last one, I was I was laying on the bed. Bolt's laying next to me, and Bones jumps up on the bed and he gets in my face, which is no big deal. And I'm petting on him, he's licking on me, and I'm loving him. And then he jumps down off the bed, and then wham, and just attacks his brother. And not just a, a hit, just a nasty fight, dude. And these are big dogs. And at yeah. that point, I have five dogs, right? So I've got a pit bull. I got a Catahoula that's like 120 pounds. These two guys are big. And then I got this little blind-ass dog. He's a Jack <laughs> Russell Chihuahua mix, dude. He's fucking <laughs> hilarious looking. He looks like a cartoon. <laughs> and he's blind, right? So he don't know what's good. He's like spinning, wah, 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 spinning circles. And, but, it, you know, my wife's in the bathroom. This fight starts, and I'm breaking him up. And I'm yelling for my wife, come get this dog, because I get Bolt, the one who got attacked. I get him, and he wants a piece, too. But I just shove him in the corner, and I'm, like, laying over the top of him. Yeah. But I'm in my sweatpants and my socks, and we got floors like this, slick, slippery. Yeah. Man, they're just pushing me across the floor. 
Like I'm, and I'm having to like wrestle him back and push me across the floor and Bones is jumping over my back and bites onto his brother and man, we're fighting and it takes a couple of minutes to break this up. This was unprovoked, uh, no fucking reason and not the first time, this uh -huh. multiple times. So dude, this was kind of late at night and at that point, I know, like I already know. I'm like, man, this ain't gonna stop. And I had been trying for like the three weeks prior to that to find him a home, yeah. somewhere he could go. I needed somebody that didn't have kids. I needed somebody that didn't have another dog yeah. and was just kind of a loner, right? He, he was a great dog, dude, super obedient, just something snapped. So at that point, I know I'm like, I, I can't responsibly give this dog to anybody. I'm not going to go put him in a fucking shelter, right? Mm -hmm. So I know I kind of got, man, I got to put him down, dude. I have to because this is becoming a real problem. He's not listening anymore. And that fight, when I was trying, I remember, dude, like my wife grabbed him, took him in the bathroom, and she was just like, why are you doing this? And then when I went in there and I'm just trying to like talk to him and love on him, and he was looking right through me. Yeah. He's a yellow-eyed dog. If you guys have any kind of superstitions, yellow-eyed dogs, they're just kind of known, right? They're a little, they're fucking killers, man. They're hunters. They want to, you know, they're a little more instinctual, I think. But he was looking right through me and wasn't very, was not unresponsive to commands or anything like that. He wasn't trying to bite me. He just, it was clear he wasn't right. paying any more attention. So I had to make that decision that night for it and that I was going to do it in the morning. So I got concrete evidence even more so the next morning. So he stayed in his in the bathroom overnight on his bed and everything where he likes to sleep anyway, not like a punishment spot. That's he yeah. just like sleep. So stayed in there. In the morning my wife woke up and got his brother, the other dog out and took him like into the living room or my daughter's room or something. And then got bones and took him outside to the bathroom on his harness and leash. And she said he was acting weird out there, just kind of sketchy. So he comes back inside and he pulls away from my wife and he runs and he jumps up on the bed and he's standing over me. And I've got a little pit bull too that I rescued about a year ago. And she's, I'm laying back and that pit bull's laying across my chest, kind of in my left armpit. And I'm petting him, I'm like, what's up boy? And I'm fucking sad, I already know what I gotta do. And then he goes, wham! And just grabs that fucking pit bull out of nowhere. Just fucking grabs her and just starts like shaking her up, Jesus. mangling her up. And then it's a fight at yeah. six in the morning on my bed. You know, right, I even got no right. underwear on and shit. <laughs> and uh, that was that, dude. I mean, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't risk it yeah. anymore, right? We had been dealing with it, like I said, for about a year and a half, uh, just trying to figure out the best way right um so i had to put him down and it was dude i can't oh imagine. my gosh i just i was so tore up i just like held him you know and just said sorry dude sorry i i hated it and uh i love animals i love my dogs yeah and i never thought i'd have to do that I'm getting choked up even now I love that motherfucker but uh it is what it is. It was kind of... just like the wild got into him. He, yeah, he had kind of made up his mind at that point. He wasn't going to abide by anybody's rules. And, yeah. I, and I really think when he won that fight, that was it. 
He's like, yeah, I can do I mean, this he's, again. He is alpha now. Yeah, and then he had never, like I said, he had never won a fight before, but it but started every single one of them. And just he was just waiting for that day, just like you said, he won that one. That's what he was going for. It's yeah, just winning that, that fight. That's all it took. But but then you know you know when you get the taste of blood, uh, I guess you just couldn't stop. It was hard. It was hard in a like I feel like the biggest piece of shit. But. At I the mean, same yeah. time, fuck, dude. I, I can't judge. I've never been in that situation. I've, I've. Oh, I never thought I. I mean, oh, I just couldn't believe I. That's it's had to do it. That was like hard. you said. If you, what if you gave gave that dog to somebody else? Then you know, somebody's kid came over and it, you know, attacked the kid or something. I mean, in all fairness, there. there wasn't a lot of people that he really Took liked to. <laughs> in a sense, but. He had never been an outwardly aggressive dog towards people at all. Right. You know, he when you if you were to come over to my house at first, he's going to act like he's the baddest motherfucker on the block. And then within a minute or two, he's in your lap. And yeah. he was always like that. Right. Just, he's just a big intimidating. And I think in, he was insecure for some reason. And I didn't. That was obvious from young with him that he was insecure, you know. And I guess we just never figured it out, right, how to. Yeah how to combat that or or make him feel secure he didn't lack anything it's not like we kept him in a fucking cage and i mean that dog we got five dogs in our bed every night <laughs> okay they don't sleep in kennels and shit yeah his spot he would jump up on the bed me and my wife would pick up the pillows at the head of the bed yeah he would lay down we threw our pillows on him and we slept on him <laughs> he did not move he would not move all night and he did this for five years. His ass end would generally be over by my wife. Her pillows would be on him. His head is sticking out from between the pillows, and they would be on my left shoulder. This is how we slept for five fucking years. All right. And then I got my little midget blind dog. Gets under the blankets, busts a little Yui, crashes up right by my knees, you know? And then my pit bull, uh, she's up in my left armpit. And Or really, let, let's not lie about this. I'm all up on her. She is so soft. <laughs> she is <laughs> She is so fucking soft for us. You never believe this dog's the softest. I'm spooning the shit out of this dog. I lay on oh, I'm just snuggling up. I love her. And then, you know, Bolt, he's laying down on the legs. Maggie, she gets up all 120 pounds. So these were not like <laughs> What kind of bed do you have? <laughs> uh you're gonna shit. I got queen size bed. Yeah, it looks like a fucking bowl of checks mix. And we're all in it, and it is just piles of fur and people. Yeah. And I love it. And then I got a cat that, you know, when everybody's situated, he comes up there and makes his way too. And uh, so I I love animals, right? So it, it was hard, man. I even got my homie. Oh, I see that. Yeah. yeah, I had to get a new tattoo for my bones, you know. And then, uh, shit, I got one for my other dog back there, my first dog, Samson. So I love animals, dude. Yeah, and uh, that that tore me up. I don't wish that on anybody. Hell no. And um, well, I probably cried for three days. I bet. Easy, man. easy three days. Like any time I got alone, or at least I just got home. You know, I'd have yeah. to get home, and I could I could make it home, and then I'd have to fucking cry it up again. And these goddamn facebook reminders every day they don't fucking help anything because yeah. you know i was always taking pictures with my homies my dogs right. and stuff and uh so oh it's like son of a bitch so no that was rough that was rough damn it man i really overall i i can't wait for this year to be over and 
Yeah. We'd just be done. It was a rough year. Right. It was a rough year. There's a lot of crazy shit that happened this year. But that ain't no pity party. It's also been a fantastic year. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of really cool shit that's happened. And I can't complain. It would just, it would be selfish of me to complain about my position. Right. And where, whatever that is, mentally, financially, any of that, I would. I would come across as extremely ungrateful, and that's not what I'm trying to do. Uh, just trying to get through it, homie. Yeah. Trying to make one day after another, and like I said, just learn how to communicate, dude. Yeah. What about what about next year? Do you have anything uh, anything special planned or looking forward to next year? Like a big goal? Yeah. Do I or have a goal? Maybe a trip or something that's actually already planned? Um, well, my wife and I do intend on going back to Colorado, making it like a yearly thing. We, oh, Dude, I ain't even got time for this story. I'll tell you the Colorado story. But <laughs> no, we're going to we're gonna go back probably this year, head up into the mountains again. We went to a really cool wolf sanctuary last year. Oh, yeah. And that was awesome. The trip there was even more awesome. Um, so you can get up on the wolves and everything or like, get up next uh, to them? Or... I, I, no, not really. <laughs> no, these are... Res- I would love to, but I would be so scared at the same time. These are rescued wolves, so they're okay. not all like <laughs> yeah. super friendly and shit. Yeah, right, it's right. Just think, uh, a lot of them were actual wolf dogs. Okay. You know, people think it's cool to breed those yeah. and uh, they don't know how, what it takes to right. take care of an animal like that. And yeah, it's not just a regular dog. The truth is you don't take care of an animal like that. You let no. it fucking take care of itself, right? And it needs yeah. to be in the wild. <clears throat> but that was that was really cool. And uh, without getting into the story, we ended up stuck on snowmobile trails in a Chevy Traverse two-wheel drive at about 11,000 feet. And the path was no wider hardly than the fucking truck we were driving through yeah. these and it was just like sheer cliffs and i made a wrong turn and there was no backing up once you (laughs) made that turn and my wife and i spent five or six hours on the side of a mountain at a slow crawl creeping our way down it and there was a lot of really fucking hairy moments like i was having to get out dig out rocks Uh, we were good going downhill but once we'd have to go uphill a little bit, that was the scary part. Because like I said, two-wheel drive. Yeah. And it's kind of loose gravel on some of it. And you're on the this fucking cliff's edge. And we go up. And then your <laughs> car just starts sliding backwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, no, no, no. And it, you know it ain't going to slide straight. You know, you know it goes like this. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I'm just thinking, man, this is my wife. I have my wife in the car with me. We're about to fall off a fucking mountain. <laughs> Because this dumbass is on a snowmobile trail. so But that was wild. So I, we need to go back and get like clean redemption up <laughs> yeah, that mountain. Right, right. Yeah. Need to go pour one out for my homies up there too. Because <laughs> we almost lost our fucking lives on that thing. That was Jeez. a great time. And uh, other than that, trip-wise, no. Um, I'd like to make my way into the mountains and eat about a fucking quarter ounce of mushrooms this year, if we want to <laughs> really be honest with each other. I haven't done that in a very long time, and uh, I'm feeling I need to be enlightened. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's the way. I don't know. I'm always trying yeah. to... Just make sure you're parked somewhere first, not about yes. to drive. <laughs> oh, no. I won't be going anywhere. I know I, I know where I'm going to go. I'm going to go up in the Ozarks and yeah. have me a real good time. Chavez, that's what I always think of young guns. Chavez <laughs> in the spirit world, asshole. Yeah. They can't see us. <laughs> so. 
like I said, I've had a couple of topics, but we've just naturally hit a lot of them, which is great. Cool. I was concerned and anxious and excited and all of this. I never done anything like this. And, uh, I, uh, you guys probably tell, I like to talk. Yeah. I like the bullshit. And I that's, like to that's tell good. Stories. I don't have anybody over here to, to not talk. So no, that's <laughs> it's all good. No, that's great. I would love for you to come back. Yeah. No, again. anytime really. Um, I'll talk to you about some stuff afterwards in regards to that. I've got a really interesting motherfucker that I think you would love. It would yeah. be a cliffhanger. Yeah. So it'll be on the next one. Cool. That'll work. <laughs> all right. We're going to call it. Thanks everybody. Peace. Rusty's Escape Pod. Rusty's Escape Pod.